You're listening to the Wizard Factory Audio Podcast, streaming now from Spotify, iTunes, and other major platforms. Welcome back, YouTube, to yet another episode of the Wizard Factory Podcast, where you subscribe to weekly videos exploring deeper knowledge of the universe and yourself. My name is Logan Hart. And I'm Brian Easterday. And this evening, we're going to get into a really fun topic that uh, we don't hear as much in the pagan circles about the importance of variety in your spiritual ecosystem. So as, as usual, we'll kind of uh, unpack that just a little bit. Um, and get into our terms. So right off the bat, you know, obviously we're speaking about monotheism versus polytheism, sort of a, a compare and contrast dynamic there. And actually, uh, we've discussed maybe touching on this topic shortly this time, and then maybe doing a longer, even multi-part uh, series in, in the future, for potentially. So... Um, Tonight, we're really going to be focusing on specifically not getting stuck working with one single archetype, especially just one male deity. So, Brian, would you like to kind of unpack that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, this is something that I noticed in my own practice when I was first kind of coming into um, paganism, polytheism, you know, animism, whichever term you prefer. Uh, and that and that was something that I, I kind of found very interesting and you know, and it's not that that uh, part of the process was invaluable to me or anything, or those archetypes still are archetypes that I like continue to work with today. But when I first started, you know, I very much made a lot of focus on like uh, a couple male archetypes. I didn't get locked in on one uh, specifically, but I, w I was definitely more drawn to like the male archetypes, like, you know, Odin and uh, Thor, you know, being, being two big ones that, um, whose energy, you know, I, I felt, you know, I resonated a lot with, and that was, you know, I think, you know, just my own personal path, because that's, that was an energy I was familiar with. So that it was kind of like a reawakening process. But where I really started to take my, my practice uh, a lot deeper is when I started incorporating more and especially, you know, uh, goddesses, uh, working with the feminine energy a lot more and, and more of those archetypes. Uh, so I, that had me kind of thinking and reflecting on, to, well, why was it that I instantly kind of gravitated towards the, the male deities? Um, you know, and being that obviously I'm, I'm a man that, you know, that's one thing, but it had me thinking, you know, deeper from uh, more of a uh, societal perspective that, you know, this, this is something I think comes from a programming of like monotheism of just having that one male deity. Um, and, and kind of focusing on that. So it's a centralization of power, but it's definitely a, a left brain centralization of power. Uh, so yeah, we're kind of, you know, looking at why that can be a dangerous thing. And then as you're, you know, if you are new to paganism or polytheism, the importance of really having that variety and especially making sure you're incorporating working with the feminine or the, or the goddesses uh, of whatever pantheon you happen to be learning about at the time. Right, because that, that masculine-feminine uh, balance is so very, I mean, not just important, it's, it's vital. That is the single greatest thing that we're used to be manipulated and controlled is by tipping us out of balance in that, that masculine and feminine dynamic there. So absolutely essential. 
Um, and yeah, definitely, I agree that this this ties back to what I like to call the monovirus, which you know we can see this this there can be only one type of mentality uh, coming from the control systems through agriculture, mono crops, you know, government, mono uh, monarchy, essentially, and then monotheism is just this sort of like sterilization of the the ecosystem of the different the varieties and that's what nature is all about it's rich with diversity different freaky creatures and plants and colors and sounds and weather and it's it's rich with that feminine energy of fierce like change and turbulence and but as a catalyst to growth so you know it, it's interesting that um uh, what you were saying about how you were drawn to those deities. Um, and for me, like I, I came into this uh, study of pagan gods, especially the Norse and stuff much more recently. And I already had that background of natural law. So I, I off, I automatically felt quite an affinity to mother Hella because it is that, reflection back to you of your own self your choices your shadow all that kind of stuff that mirror that you know we see in a lot of the the mythology and sort of you know looking into the water which is feminine to see your reflection you know um so yeah very very interesting so um it uh the next point we wanted to touch on here is kind of looking at polytheism and paganism uh, in contrast to the monotheistic mindset as far as like why they are the way they are. Um, Brian, would you like to jump sure. in that one? So obviously with, with monotheism, you know, and, and we really see this coming mostly out of the, the Abrahamic traditions. So, you know, Judaism, uh, Christianity, uh, and Islam. And and that's where that, the idea that there's just this, this one centralized, uh, you know, God or, or authority or whatever, he has to be male figure. Whereas with polytheism and paganism, there's obviously um, a large variety of different deities because, you know, coming from an, an animistic perspective, uh, it's an understanding that there there's a life force. Uh, everything is consciousness. There's a life force in everything. So mm -hmm. Which when, you're, the, when uh -huh. you're, right, and, and when you're working with nature, and you're observing all these different things, it's very easy to understand that like when you're seeing different events going on to associate those with different archetypes, you know? And what I find very valuable in the sense of uh, polytheism and paganism is that, you know, especially academia will paint this picture that they were just primitive people, that they believed in all these beings, you know, very literally. And, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And I do find that aspect of it valuable, but what I find even more valuable is understanding them as archetypes that are aspects of our own psychology. They're an aspect of our self. Mm -hmm. So, and when you, when you think of it that way, this is where you see, really see the difference in the two. When you're working with, from a monotheistic perspective, or even if you're only, if you get locked in, uh, even if you're pagan and you get locked in with only working with one archetype, you're getting locked into one archetype or one aspect of your own consciousness. And then that becomes rigid and dogmatic and, uh, for those who haven't seen our episode on the unconscious feedback loop, uh, check that out. But th that's definitely where uh, some of that can come to play, especially if there's unhealed trauma that's there. Uh, so when you're only working with that one aspect of consciousness, you become you your ego starts to identify with it, and then that becomes solidified. So 
Whereas if you're really working with a whole variety of different gods or archetypes, you're working with more aspects of yourself, mm-hmm. different parts of yourself. And you need to understand all the different parts of yourself because you're not just this one simplified, solidified being. You know, you're, you're a very complex being. And that's made of a lot of different parts. So working with that variety of archetype allows you a way to reflect back and understand those different parts of yourself. Right. And and that's bringing up something uh, pretty big for me of how, like, even from sort of the new age perspective, which in a lot of ways is also just repackaged Christianity, there's a lot of emphasis on the oneness of all things, which is definitely a half truth. And there's nothing mm-hmm. untrue about that, but it's also only half of the picture um, complexity is just as much a part of the universe as simplicity or unity. Uh, mm-hmm. cause it's, it's the all, the all means everything and that everything is one thing all at the same time. It's kind of a paradox, but it, it is simultaneously true. So the oneness thing is important to remember, but it's also, there's beauty in the complexity as well. And that's the engine that's driving. Like if everything was just already one and already the way it's supposed to be, then what would be even the purpose of us coming here to remember who we are and awaken back to the truth of all things? You know, there would be nothing left to do. We already are, you know, this whole, like you're perfect just as you are. And, you know, again, it's just a half truth. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you, but it also means there's always more to, to grow into, like to fill you know, fill the space basically. Mm-hmm. And, right. um, Oh, go ahead. Well, yeah. And that, yeah. What that brought up for me is, uh, you know, how, how I like to always explain it is in complicated simplicity, but in understanding what source, what we are ultimately all doing here, which is that there was that, that one, that source energy, which then because of, you know, wanted to experience and understand more had to have complexity, had to split itself up into a bunch of different individuations of consciousness, us, uh, and to have different experience, to have that variety right. of experience in uh, order to, to feed back different information, to learn about itself. So that, that's, you know, really healthy. If you, if it was just staying as that one source, it would, that, that would be the, the only reality, the only frame of existence that it had, the only experience it had. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to have that diversity in order to learn and to grow more and to advance, you know, to yeah, evolve. And, and we see this with paganism that it's constantly evolving. It's not just stagnant, and it's also, it, it comes down to being on the relationship of the individual. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just from a book. You know, it's, it's how, how everyone works with, uh, you know, how I work with Freya could be very different than how you work with Freya, and both of them right. are perfectly okay. Well, yeah, even the book is kind of another aspect of the monovirus because it's, we all bow to this one book that the book holds all the, that's what unites us. We all believe it because, you know, even though there's 10,000 different denominations of Christianity, all from this one book, like that doesn't even work. But it's this idea of just like, ignore nature. That's just the creation. God wrote this Bible as in like, but they don't see the disconnect that clearly the creator made nature to be the the system of of education to our souls as we uh you know we come here so yeah and like also you were talking about the 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 variety in the like our individuality and so that that's a beautiful tie-in to the theme of this talk because it's the law of correspondence as within so without so as we are all different and unique and and very abundant in in the full spectrum of 
human beings, like the type of people, the, the colors, the accents, the, uh, you know, like creativity and the, the art, artistic style and music style. There's so, so much beautiful diversity in the human race and, or human family, I should say. And, um, yeah, like why wouldn't that be an external uh, reflection through the pantheon of diverse gods with all different sorts of <clears throat> archetypes, energies? Some people are, you know, you've got the trickster and the super like valiant paladin or sort of the, you know, like the, and then the feminine and all, all these different things to work with. And all of those energies are relevant because they're inside of you in some aspect, uh, which is also why I think the there's a lot of parallels or sort of like similarities in this concept that we're talking about, as well as say the tarot and uh, the, the, the houses and signs and, and all the Vedas and Padas and everything of astrology, which is literally just this diverse spectrum of human consciousness through archetypes that are playing out in the, in the universal because again, correspondence as within, so without, so as above, so below, all of that up there is a direct reflection of our own consciousness in all of its diversity. Yeah, I mean, that, so definitely yeah. interesting. But yeah, that's an excellent point. I love that you brought astrology into it. Um, you know, obviously, I always like to talk about astrology, <laughs> of but you do, you know, Brian. it's it's a great it's a great way that you you really hit the nail on the head there when you're you hit it is it, you're understanding the law of correspondence as well as the law of you know, uh, the principle of mentalism at the same time, because when, when you're under, you're looking at astrology, you're looking and studying the macrocosm as a reflection of the microcosm, what, what is happening, uh, with you on an internal level. Uh, and, you know, so you're observing nature to learn about yourself. You're observing those archetypes to learn about yourself. That's a very healthy way to interact with the world. And that's mm. very, very different than that. There, there's only this one thing and the rest of the world is just this evil place that's there to like try to tempt you and keep you down or that, you know, nature out there. And that's a dangerous thing. And we just need to stay, you know, there's, that, that's, that's a very, it's the difference between uh, living in a world with a healthy relationship to where you can actually like really have a true happiness and live without fear versus being put into a mindset that is solely based and founded in fear and everything is something that is separate from yourself. And you're just this, this tiny little thing, you know, with no, no choice. That's, you know, they're two very different fundamental mindsets. So why we're, we're really highlighting and, and pointing out the difference here is because especially for those in the West, whether a lot of people have been brought up in a Christian home, just like Logan or myself, but even without that, our society that programming on the unconscious level is very much in there. Even if you weren't brought up in a Christian home specifically, mm -hmm. that programming is there. So if you are transitioning into paganism, you're starting to learn about these things, you're going to have to realize that you're going to, you unconsciously are going to be bringing a lot of that programming, a lot of those filters and understandings and trying to overlay them onto a pagan understanding. And, and that's where you can start to get into trouble. Uh, you know, I, I think a, a big, you know, and I'm not saying everybody in a movement are to make a generalization, but in, you see this happening a lot in specific movements like uh, with Alsa Through. Like, you know, people, they'll, they'll kind of very first, they'll start coming into paganism or the Norse paganism. Uh, they'll kind of only focus on the Viking Age or, you know, Odin or Thor, you know, things like that. They'll want to build great halls and congregate in those, you know, things that, you know, aren't necessarily animistic. They're, they're, 
there are things that Christians would tend to do, and they're just replacing Jehovah with Odin, you know, or you know, and they're they're stop, you know, still kind of interacting in that way. So you you have to be careful to make sure that you're not getting caught in those traps because then what you're doing is you're gonna think that you're really getting connected to your ancestors into that ancestral tradition and, and into a healthy mindset, but you're you're still going to be getting yourself caught in some kind of a, a loop because you're still applying the filter and some of that that poison mind virus, that monovirus, and and overlaying that on on your new experience. So you have to really make sure that you can examine that and then remove that completely. Um, could, you know, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit on this a lot. You know, some people probably get tired of hearing it, but you know, eventually we're gonna do a you know very in depth work on on to why this is. But in the meantime, we definitely still want to be kind of putting, putting the message out there and letting people to kind of start thinking about it and, and digesting mm -hmm. it in, in little portions. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I, I definitely speak from firsthand experience there. Uh, how long it took me to realize that a lot of the underlying assumptions of my beliefs and ways of viewing the world were still just repackaged Christianity uh, that were just these sort of assumptions that went unchecked of just like, well, I, I sort of believe this, but I don't really know why, not realizing where the roots came from. And also, you know, just understanding that these, I wouldn't even call it, well, you know, Christianity is a system, but I wouldn't say paganism is a system. It's kind of the anti-system. It's, like it's like the anarchy of politics. It's like it's apolitical, you know, that sort of thing. But uh, these are obviously incompatible just as anarchy is incompatible with statism or minarchism. So even if you're repackaging and just saying like, well, yeah, we're anarchists because we're libertarians. Well, no, those are actually very antithetical. <laughs> um, so in that same way, uh, you, you have to check the root system of all of that stuff. If you're shifting your mindset into this new, you know, obviously you're going in the right direction if you're thinking this way now. But for me personally, like I really had to dig deep into the, those subconscious beliefs that I had about different things, hangups with money, uh, you know, just like what, what a good person looks like even, you know, as it's, you know, think of or Orwellian type situations where what is revered is sick and what is, healthy and heroic is actually frowned upon and ridiculed and all that kind of stuff. So when you're, that's gaslighting on a mass scale. So religion does it, politics does it, culture and society does it. it. We're being bombarded on all fronts with this mind fuckery. And it's so important to, first of all, just believe in yourself, love yourself and have those strong, healthy barriers and boundaries of knowing your fucking worth and being confident with who you are. And then you just realize, like, when people try to hit you with that bullshit, it kind of just bounces off and you're like, uh, no, <laughs> you know, no thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, what's what's interesting is, you know, kind of talking about, so when some people will kind of come in and they'll get stuck in, you know, like Odinism or, you know, working with that. And the same kind of, like I said, uh, we kind of jokingly called it when we were talking earlier, the sky daddy syndrome. So, so again, if you see yourself getting caught with that, or if you, you know, are like, um, you'll see some people that like call themselves uh, a son of Odin, you know, I'm a son of Odin, but they're not talking about like, you know, they're not mentioning any of the other archetypes or they're not, you know, it's just this, and, and this very masculine and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I, right. I absolutely love working with Odin as archetypes energy. I, I very much understand and resonate with, but at the same time, you need to have that variety 
um, in there. So, you know, and I, and I think uh, when looking, you know, specifically in, in the Norse mythology and everything, it's really important to remember that a lot of the Eddas and things, they, those were written down uh, like stories and stories, stories, and uh, they were Christian monks and things that were writing that down. So we have to understand that they could be, you know, they were very much probably putting some of their filters and things like that. And the idea of looking at as Odin as the all father, that's a very, that's a very uh, a Christianized thing. You know, Odin, if you really look at his archetype, he's much more of a, a wanderer and a misfit um, kind of uh, that, you know, yeah. just on the quest for wisdom. He's not there. He's not seeking to sit on a throne and rule over everybody. Um, you know, that, that, so anyone's that, daddy. Right. And it's great to look at the mythology, you know, like getting, you know, they're, they're very rich, the beautiful heritage. Those are great, great resources to read. But again, remember that, you know, pagans aren't people of the books, you know, read the book, use it, get value from it. Don't become dogmatic about it. What really comes down to is observing nature and your personal relationship with it. So when you're understanding these as, uh, an archetype, uh, uh as, part of your own consciousness of a reflection of you, then you can start to work, to work with those on a much more personal level. And it doesn't have to be the exact same way that other people are, because it doesn't matter. Like, is it valuable for you? Is it helping you um, gain more awareness about yourself and become a better person and, and live a more valuable and more enriched life? And if that's the case, then great. Keep, go, you know, keep going with that. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think that's definitely interesting to look at. And um, yeah, definitely. And, and when you were talking about the the all all father and stuff, um, something that I've definitely noticed in general as I've studied this more and kind of like compared what I picked up from you know like the show Vikings or you know just these kind of general mainstream ish uh, conceptual ideas about the Vikings and stuff like that is what most people think of is still a very Christianized version of what the Germanic people actually were like before they started already getting, you know, invaded, traumatized, mm -hmm. name it by Christian invaders. Um, mm -hmm. So even that is, you know, I guess you could argue both sides of the coin, but I definitely lean more towards the side of that's intent, more further intentional obfuscation of our true, you know, ancestors, who, who they were, what they were actually like, you know, um, and, and what, you know, what they believed and all that stuff is that the, the, uh, the one, the controllers, whatever you want to call them, they're so focused on keeping us disconnected from our roots. That's such a vital part of them keeping a stranglehold on the world at large or the, the population or whatever. So, so do the opposite of that, like literally do what, you know, that will, that's what un will undo their, their dark sorcery and stuff like that is to get back in connection with that and learn really who they were. Mm. And um, yeah, like this, this sky daddy, somebody to take care of me. Like that's not a spiritual warrior. It's some the warriors don't need protectors. They're, they're their own, you know, father energy, whatever. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that fatherly energy. Um, but I think, for me, what my take on that is, is it's a, it's an earlier stage of healing where, okay, so they're on the right track. They understand paganism is much less oppressive than Christianity. They're, they're trying and they're, so they're kind of clinging to that father, save me, 
kind of like Jesus cried out, you know, why have you forsaken me kind of thing of just like, um, finding my place, but then maybe, you know, and that's maybe a good step in the right direction. But then I think the more you're healing, the more you can start working with both the, the masculine and feminine, because definitely the sexual energy, uh, is one of the most targeted, uh, weaponized aspects from the, the controllers that are trying to keep us disempowered. Like mm-hmm. I was mentioning earlier about the dis polarization and all that, but also just literally sex, sexual trauma. And it doesn't have to be molestation or something overt sexual trauma. It can be like sh- shame and things like that, that really mess with your head, especially from a young age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are, those are great points. And that's, that's interesting. You say that because the, you know, the, the goddess that I'm kind of want to speak with that I've been, you know, working with uh, more over the last years, you know, is Freya and that, you know, se- uh, sex, fertility, uh, you know, growing things. Those are all things that are kind of that she deals with. Um, but I think it's very interesting to note that historically, uh, veneration of Freya uh, and rights to her, fertility rights and things, continued uh, very long into uh, actually uh, Christianity, uh, actually much longer than a lot of uh, the worship of the other gods, Odin, Thor, a lot of the male deities had already died off. Uh, veneration to Freya was still happening because people were still you know, uh, the average person was still living in the country. So they're still growing crops. They're still wanting to have children, you know, so those are, those were things that were very, you know, very important, very vital, uh, to that understanding. And, and we've mentioned this before on the show, but in the mythology, you know, a lot of people will talk about, you know, whatever warriors die, they, they, uh, die in battle or whatever they'll go to Valhalla. But, you know, a lot of people actually forget that in the mythology, uh, Freya actually gets, uh, her choice of half of the warriors and she actually picks first I think that's a very you know to where you know half go to her hall and the other hall half go to Valhalla so I think that's very very powerful and it makes you know as I was thinking about this and reflecting on it it made me wonder like well why is that so you know her worship went way longer but then we're forgetting about it where you know it's only the male deities that you're really hearing about a, a, a lot or the vast majority of the stories are about mm-hmm. so you know that had me question it's because that that's something that is so powerful to tap into. Yeah. You know, they don't want that, they don't want that at all. Exactly. For sure. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more, especially. Yeah. I mean, you can see like even the, the step from like, um, Catholicism into Christianity where at least Catholicism had the mother Mary. And then they literally just cut the whole feminine out and made it. Yeah. A dub. Like, we'll just put a bird here instead. Like, <laughs> it's just yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's it's definitely cutting out. And when you see our society, you know, what is it? It's very, you know, especially in Western, speaking in the context of Western society, especially like here in the United States, people are very locked into that left brain, very, you know, masculine dominated uh, kind of mindset where everything's very logical, very scientific. Yeah, you know, like there's where we're, we're you know, see the creativity and the art and the beauty and those things uh, nearly as much in our society as you do uh, the the masculine energy because you know it's it's put there in imbalance. Um, you know, and another thing about working with the the goddess energy, specifically those feminine energy, is the goddesses they they tend to represent things and deal with a lot, like with reflection. So, for example, you mentioned Mother Hella earlier. Obviously, one of, you know one of my favorite archetypes to work with as well. Uh, very much a very motherly, uh, but that archetype of holding space, having reflection. Uh, Kali, 
does so uh, in a similar way, but also in, in a kind of unique way and very fiercely kind of like that, um, that mother bear energy, like a mother grizzly, you know, like if you were to get in between her and her cubs, she would, you know, order a part. Well, you know, Kali wants to get at your demons, you know, whatever that, whatever that's holding you back that isn't you. And she wants to rip it apart and destroy it, you know, cause you're her child. She loves you. Um, and then, you know, they deal with fertility. They, they deal with, uh, you know, crops growing, you know, just so many different things that you see, uh, whenever you look at these same kind of energies, these same kind of archetypes, no matter what tradition it is, they kind of tend to be representing these same energies. And that makes sense because they're very feminine energy. So to, to not work with that or to cut yourself off from, those archetypes or those streams of consciousness, you're, you're cutting yourself off from half of the equation, you know, and, and really you, if you really want to get the most out of the masculine energy and the masculine archetypes, you have to understand the feminine as well because they, they empower each other and, and likewise, you know, vice versa. So, um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so let's see one, uh, one other point that I, I wanted to bring up here too, is just kind of a little observation about, again, even among the male gods, you hear a lot about Thor, Odin, you know, these kind of things. But when you think of Loki, even when you look at like the Avengers depiction of him and stuff, he's got these big horns. He's like the devil, right? Like, you know, Loki was just the brother of Odin, but he's the shadow of Odin. Uh, he, he was the brother, correct, or was that Thor? Yeah, there, there's some like a lot of dispute where people will say Loki and Thor brothers, but it, it's actually more. And this is of the 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 sentiment that I am that Loki and Odin are actually blood brothers, and you see this. And I see Loki, like you said, as the the shadow aspect of Odin, because um, you see Odin, he he's kind of a, a misfit. He's he's mischievous. He he is a trickster himself, even. You know, and, and Loki's just kind of the other aspect. He's also very wise. He also knows things. He's just like a little more of a rascal. Right. Like, you yeah, know, like. <laughs> that's what I was going to get at is too, is like just the imagery when you think about Odin, he's kind of this God looking dude. Like he's got the big beard and, you know, like muscular, like sitting on a cloud kind of thing. Like, but then Loki's this slinky, like, you know, horned, whatever, um, but like you were saying, he's just a trickster. So the look at the way Christians look at Jesus and the devil as this extreme polar opposites, like they're enemies and this is the good guys and this is the bad guy. Uh, whereas in this case, they're just brothers who kind of have a the, the more like mischievous side to that that duality, but they're both teaching you. And that's the important thing is never forget this is why we're here, just to learn. So that's why you work with these archetypes. It's not because mm-hmm. you're supposed to love one and hate the other. It's that they're all here for you to teach you. And that's mm-hmm. so vitally important to to understand. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's really what, why we're, we're kind of hitting on this in this episode because we kind of notice this, you know, if you go on some, you know, uh, you know, pagan forums or uh, pages on Facebook and stuff, you'll, you'll see a lot of people commenting or there'll be people who are very new who are asking questions and then people will be giving them answers that are all, you know, you can still see there's a lot, a lot of, uh, you know, different programming in there. And there's, there's so much to animistic traditions and it doesn't matter what tradition you're working with, but you, to really get the fullness of it, you've got to make sure you're removing all the, the mind viruses and all the programming that has been put there to keep you away from that because it's been put there for a reason. And 
you know, again, that's, that's an, another point that we wanted to bring up here is that you don't even have to get stuck. Not only make sure that you're not getting stuck with one archetype or one God deity, whatever you want to call it. You don't have to get stuck with one tradition. You know, we, we obviously, we focus a lot on the, the Norse and the Germanic tradition, but uh, I get just as much value from looking at, you know, the Celtic tradition. Uh, obviously, you know, I look at the Vedic tradition a lot, the Taoist tradition. There, there's a, have a variety, you know, have that variety in your ecosystem, because uh, especially if you're, you can find traditions like with the Vedic and the Norse, those are great examples because they uh, originally uh, originated from a, 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 a similar people that just migrated into a different area. So if you can study the linguistics uh, and different things like that and the different archetypes, you'll actually recognize that even though they have a different name for them, it's just a different name for the same archetype, the same thing. But they might have a slightly different understanding or a more advanced understanding or include a different aspect. Because remember, paganism and animism, they're evolving, they're personalized. So that culture might have a different aspect of that archetype evolved that you can actually get more benefit from that you wouldn't gain access to if you only stayed in the one tradition. So by all means, you know, l learn about your specific, your bloodline lineage, your ancestral tradition. That's a great place to start, but don't get stuck in it. Make sure you include that variety and learn from all of them. Cause that's, you know, it's not just this one book. It's not just this one God. The, these are all archetypes and aspects of consciousness. They're all part of nature and learn from every bit of it that you can. Right. Right. And yeah, absolutely. I think this is a good point to sort of highlight that the world religions are not the same as pagan belief. You know, they're, they're, they're not even belief system. They're just traditions. They're folk mm -hmm. stories that are teaching you these archetypes of the, the same universe that we all live in. They just have different names and different kind of characteristics, but it's it's actually the same thing, just in in different from different per perceptions, um, and and that's such a vital difference. So, get away from the religion. To quote George Carlin, "It's all bullshit, folks, and it's bad for you." So, get off that. Connect with your ancestral roots too, because there's power in the blood. Never forget that. Um, you know, but of course, branch out, study other things. Uh, it's just, you know, we're, we're here to, we're not trying to attack people. We're here to point out erroneous and disempowering belief systems. That's not a human being. That's an idea that has no value to anyone. And that's what our mission is with, with episodes like this in general. So that's going to bring this episode to a close this evening. So thank you so much for joining us. If you're new here, hit that subscribe button. We'd love to have you as part of our tribe. And uh, as always, new episodes every single week. And um, until next time, please be empowered, be inspired, and be encouraged. Thank you for listening to the Wizard Factory Podcast. We hope you'll join us again next week as we continue to explore deeper understanding of the universe and ourselves. Thank you.